Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the go, wherever you happen to be, wherever you may be traveling. We're so grateful to have you tuning in with us today. This is Epiphany Sunday. It's a Sunday when we take some time to meditate upon that journey of the wise men, the Magi from the east, from Persia, making their way uh, to the baby Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in uh, the little town of Bethlehem. So I uh, also want to say that we are in the midst of our stewardship campaign, so if you haven't had a chance to pledge yet, uh, we'd love, and if you've never pledged before, we'd love to have you support the ministries of our church in the email that you received to get this uh, podcast link. You'll see there's a little give button there. You can click that and make your pledge for the year, so we'd love to have you do that if you're, if you're able. Now, because it is Epiphany Sunday, the end of our Christmas season, we will have uh, just uh, uh, one last opportunity to listen to a song reflective of the season. So uh, uh, I pray and hope that you will enjoy uh, this uh, instrumental piece from my dear friend Karen Harvey, uh, A Song is in the Air.
So as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the story of the Magi making their way to Bethlehem. But before I do that, I want to just read one of the earliest call stories in the Bible in the book of Genesis. This is the call of Abram, and it follows a pattern that you might actually be able to see in the story of the Magi as well. So um, in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, we read, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And then it says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So in this journey with God, Abram will experience blessing, but also his actions will wind up blessing others. And that's a theme that you can see uh, throughout the Bible, and I think in this story of the wise men. So in chapter 2... In uh, the Gospel of Matthew, we read this story that you know well. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men or magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where? They ask a question, where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we've observed his star at its rising and we've come to pay him homage. Now, when King Herod heard this, he was frightened. All Jerusalem with him. And so he called together all the chief priests and scribes, who gathers all the religious people, um, and he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then Herod sent them to Bethlehem saying, go search diligently for the child and when you found him, bring me word so that I may go and pay him homage. When the wise men heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they'd seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, when they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. That's that sense of blessing that you get when you journey in the direction God wants you to go. So they're overwhelmed with joy. And that says, on entering the house, They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And in opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So so sharing of blessings right there. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now, after they'd left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for King Herod, is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken of the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. The word of God for the people of God. Let's let's pray together. Uh, Lord God, uh, how might we have an epiphany? Uh, That's the question for this day. How might we have some revelation, some insight of where you are calling us to go, of who you are calling us to be? We pray for that uh, divine insight in our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And, and, you know, that's what I want us to consider this morning, how how to have an epiphany. How, How does that happen? And to begin, I just want to say declaratively that that as a church, as a Christian people, we believe God exists. God exists. And beyond that, God has created us, created you, endowed you with certain gifts and abilities. Now, 
you may or may not be aware of your gift set at this point in time in your life, but, but there are things that you're just naturally good at, things that come easy to you for no other reason than you are you, and that's your gift set. And in the Bible, time and time and time again, from Abraham onward, God calls people, calls all of us, to go and work in the world using our unique gifts and abilities in ways that will be fulfilling to us and will serve as a blessing to others. And when you discover that way of living, when you discover the work God wants you to engage in, life has a way of becoming joyful. And your life suddenly has a meaning and purpose to it beyond your own well-being. And that, that discovering that path, that's the work of faith. It's the work of this church. And, and not only is this Epiphany Sunday, but this is uh, the Sunday when we commission, we're going to commission 92, 92 uh, teenagers to go on a mission trip to San Antonio. And I hope that their trip to San Antonio will help provide some of that insight and illumination as well. Now, if we're willing to entertain the possibility that God has a purpose for us and for our gift set, then of course the question becomes, how do we find our way forward? How do we find our way forward into the life and the work that God is calling us to? I mean, how do we have an epiphany about where we should go and what we should do with our lives? Well, as you know, on this Epiphany Sunday, Epiphany refers specifically to the wise men, to the magi and their discovery of Jesus. That's, that's the term applied to this story. But more generically, an epiphany is also a moment of sudden revelation or insight that each one of us can have. Now, looking at the journey of the Magi, I, I think it might shed some light, and pun intended there, uh, how, on how we can have an epiphany that puts us on course to purpose and joy and the sharing of blessings. Now, the Magi are believed to have been astronomers, astrologers, kind of collectors of cosmic wisdom from Persia. And in this story, apparently they saw a celestial phenomenon in the sky that they believed was evidence of an upcoming and significant earthly event. So they packed their belongings, they saddled their camels, and they set off in the direction of Jerusalem to be among the first to see what they believed would be a newborn Jewish king. They traveled over hill and dale and by sand dune after sand dune after sand dune, finding themselves ultimately in King Herod's court before they were redirected to the little town of Bethlehem. Now, as the story goes, following that star five miles southwest to Jerusalem, they found Mary and Joseph, and the scripture says they were overwhelmed with joy. They were overwhelmed with joy. That's the kind of joy that can come when you're doing the work and going in the direction God wants you to. And then the, the Magi gave gifts to the Holy Family. You heard gold, frankincense, myrrh. Uh, now, each of those gifts has been given symbolic significance. So uh, gold is for royalty. Uh, frankincense is used in priestly duties. Uh, myrrh is used for embalming the dead. So the gifts the Magi presented could symbolize Jesus' kingship, his holiness, maybe foretell his death and resurrection. That, that all may be true. But you know, there's another significance to these gifts that I don't want us to overlook. So apparently this poor little family was going to have to go on the run. They would uh, shortly become refugees who needed to escape Herod's murderous rage. And those magi, think about this, those magi just resourced the Holy Family's upcoming trip. I mean, out of the blue, out of the dark of night, God sent three magi all the way from Persia to the Holy Family to give them the very gifts they would need to help them on their way. Talk about God providing. 
know, the wise men or the magi followed God's leading. They discovered deep joy in their journey and they brought essential blessings to others. That's that, that's that um, uh, progression of call that I spoke of, that kind of model that we see throughout the Bible. And, and then it says at the end of the story, uh, instead of returning to Herod, it says they left for their country by another road, which is a way of saying they returned differently than they arrived. The journey had changed their course and perhaps their lives for the better. So how can that happen for us? How can we set ourselves up for uh, the discovery of purpose, direction, joy, the sharing of blessings? Well, to get at that, why don't we look just a little bit more closely at the Magi story? Um, so the first thing the Magi did that set them on this divine journey was to look up, right? They saw a star. I mean, we've got to be willing to look up if we're going to see the horizon God is calling us to. Now, we, we tend to be people who have our proverbial noses to the grindstone, But I got to tell you, I I think the propensity to have heads down and vision limited is even more pronounced for our youth and our young adults today. Um, You know, I think about our YG group that's going on this trip. Uh, Their vision is so often limited, right, to the distance from their eyes to the phone in their hand. I mean, right? I mean, uh, kids today spend far more time looking down at their devices than looking up. Now, I want to be clear, this is not a new phenomenon. It's just uh, a challenging expression of something that's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, Back in 1957, Norman Rockwell uh, painted this wonderful uh, image. It was uh, entitled Lift Up Thine Eyes, and it was of a New York City church, and there's the uh, uh, pastor at the time directing someone to uh, uh, put up the words, of scripture, lift up thine eyes. And above them is this kind of flock of white doves that are, are flying uh, in the air above. And, and then there are people walking by the church with their heads down, like down to the ground, not seeing each other, not seeing the doves, not seeing the sign, just on their way to work or whatever it's doing. So, so the idea that having our heads down and not seeing what's above us is a, is a new thing, not the case. It's been that way for a long, long time. But with that said, I think keeping eyes up to see what the Lord wants to show us, I think that's particularly difficult for our young people today. You know, one of the great blessings of of the mission trip for our kids is that they have to surrender their phones for a whole week. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's part of the deal. And after the initial withdrawal, and I've seen it because it's hard to disconnect, they wind up feeling free. They can look up. They kind of become newly aware of, of what and who is around them. Now, they're able to see so much farther and deeper and clearer than they normally do. They become more attentive. To discover the path God wants us to travel, we've got to get, all of us, young and old alike, we've got to get in the habit of looking up in order to see it. Now, second thing I want to observe is, is that the Magi looked up and they had a general sense of direction about where they were supposed to go. But to actually arrive at their destination, to be filled with the joy that awaited them, they had to ask questions. They had to inquire. They had to be inquisitive. Uh, They had to be willing to learn. And and the very first word they utter is a question, right? Where? Where is a child born king of the Jews? You know, sometimes we try really hard to impress people with what we know. Or perhaps we just like to talk and, and be heard more than we like to listen and learn. Now, as an aside, this is an important life skill, and I try to tell this to all the young people in our church, uh, though it's not that us older folks don't need to remember this as well, but I'll tell you, uh, it is an essential life skill to ask questions of people, 
to take an interest in people, to be people who learn about others. Uh, I, I tell our students, if you want to impress teachers, if you want to impress a, a, a future employer, if, if you want to impress someone who might become a significant other in your life, ask them questions. But be known as the person who takes an interest by asking questions. I, I blows students' minds sometimes to say, hey, you know, when you're passing out of class, um, maybe just stop and ask your teacher how they're doing, how their day is, how their life is. You, you do that, and suddenly the teacher uh, has a sense that, that you are someone of interest yourself because you've taken an interest in someone else. That's just a little aside. But, but I will say being willing to ask questions, to ask for direction, to learn, that's essential to finding your way into God's purpose. You know, and if you want to get to that place or you want to become that person that God intends, then don't just ask anyone. Ask, ask people of faith, right? People of faith, people who believe in God, uh, who love you, who, who believe that God gifts us for the common good, and, and then ask them what they think your primary gifts are and where they might imagine God wants you to invest yourself. So if you want to have an epiphany, look up, be attentive, right? Second, ask questions. That means be inquisitive. But then there's a third piece. You've got to be willing to take risks. When you feel your heart tugged in a certain direction, when you ask advice and you receive sound guidance, or when you just sense your gifts could be really well used someplace other than where you are right now, risk the journey. Risk the journey. Move. Dare to, dare to follow the Spirit's leading. You know, the only reason the Magi met Jesus, because they were willing to pack up and go. Might actually be an interesting or maybe unfortunate footnote that all the religious leaders that Herod called together the, the priests and the scribes to determine where Jesus was born, those religious folks, they didn't make the trip. They knew their scriptures. They were learned. They knew the location of the next king, but they didn't bother to go. All those priests and scribes risked nothing. Therefore, they received nothing. Those religious leaders were five, only five miles away from Jesus, and they never met him. But the Magi did. And, and I'll tell you something, the most vocationally, relationally successful and satisfied people I know in our church are folks who risked. Maybe they risked a course correction. They, they bet there was something more on the horizon for them. And, and many of them left a good situation for a journey that led them into great reward for themselves and others. You want to know where God wants you to be? Start looking up, dare to ask questions, and be willing to take risks for your own joy and for the blessing of others. You know, on Christmas Sunday, so the Sunday before Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we looked at the beginning of Joseph's story in the same Gospel of Matthew. And as you may or may not remember, I was trying to encourage folks to embrace this life, the seemingly good and bad of our existence, for the adventure it is intended to be. So I think, I think God is calling us into an adventure of a lifetime each and every day. An adventure that will have its challenges, to be sure, but will lead us to a life of meaning and purpose filled with joy for ourselves and blessings for others. Now, nearly everyone remembered in the Bible said yes to adventure. I mean, think of them, Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Aaron, David and Solomon, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the magi, of course, Jesus himself and his disciples, the apostle Paul, they looked up. They were inquisitive, and they were willing to take risks for faith. That, 
that's how you have an epiphany. That's how you receive a moment of sudden revelation and illumination. It's how you return, like the Magi, different and better than when you left. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord God, uh, we love you, and at our best, we desire to serve you. We desire to be attentive to your leading uh, so that we might uh, find that we apply our effort and our gift set in ways that uh, do more than just benefit ourselves, somehow make a difference in your world. Uh, But Lord, even though we long for that, we don't always know how to come by uh, the direction we need to get to where you want us to be, to to get to the people you want us to be. Um, And so help us to look up, help us to be inquisitive, help us to dare to take risks when we sense you pulling us or pushing us or prodding us in a particular direction. Uh, Lord God, uh, we do have strong desire to do good for you and to your glory, uh, but we need some help. So we ask for that divine illumination and divine encouragement in your name, we pray. Amen. So church family, as you launch out of the Christmas season into the remainder of this new year, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.